today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. fifth chapter of the book of Romans tonight. We're going to pick it up with verse 1, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to look at quite a number of different scriptures, so get ready to do some flipping around in your Bible, or get you a pen and paper and write these down. You can look them up in your your spare time. Uh, Up to this point, Paul has proven that All men are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that we need the righteousness of God. He's also shown up to this point that uh, we can be justified by faith. means that we can be cleared of all the charges of sin. It's all done by faith. It's not by works or keeping certain ordinances and whatever the case. And uh, last week... And the week before that, in the fourth chapter of Romans, we saw how Paul used Abraham and David as examples of that. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 is where we're going to pick it up at tonight. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think we realize just how important it is to have peace with God. It's very important that we have peace with God. The Bible tells us that there's enmity between God and unsaved man. In Psalm chapter 7, in verse 11, the Bible tells us that God is angry with the wicked every day. Some time ago in Romans chapter 1, In verse 18, we saw where Paul wrote and said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Man knows there's a God, but he wants to continue on in his sin, and he doesn't want anything to do with God. God has offered us his own Son, He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But man don't want to believe that. Man refuses to accept that. So man is left with war that's going on in his heart and life. There is no peace. And I believe this lack of peace with God is the cause for a lot of undue stress. I think it is the cause of a lot of mental disorders. 
I believe it is the cause for nervous disorders and leads to sickness and disease. If you'll flip back to Romans chapter 1 and look at verse 21, Paul touched on that a little bit. Romans 1 verse 21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. That has to do with your thinking. Mental disorders became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools." And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And that right there is also the cause for a lot of sickness and disease. Therefore, being justified by faith, Romans chapter 5 Verse 1 again, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If people would just accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, a lot of problems would be solved. A lot of problems in this world would be solved. Romans 5, verse 2. By whom? By the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not by Buddha or Mohammed, or, or any other religion in the world, it is through and by Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, the phrase, by whom also we have access by faith, that speaks of having access to the very throne of God. And that's at any time that we need to go there and talk to the Lord. Now you think of that. Any time you need to go before the Lord, you can do it. We have access to the throne of God. We have access to the Heavenly Father. That's a privilege that the Old Testament saints didn't have because the sin debt wasn't paid. Jesus said in John 16, verse 26, At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you. In other words, the enmity between God and man is over. Because you have loved me, and have believed, and there's where the faith comes in, that I came out from God. They say that it ain't so much what you know as it is who you know. Well, I don't know much, but I do know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to make it. Glory to God. I said, you're going to make it. He is the one who has opened up the way for us to talk to the Heavenly Father. We have access to the throne of God through and by Jesus Christ and what he did. And we have the privilege 
to talk with somebody who can do anything, who has unlimited resources, that loves us so much and wants us to have good things. And if we would just get a hold of that, I think this world would be a better place. By whom also we have access by faith, Romans 5, verse 2, into this grace wherein we stand. Now this is our standing or position in Christ. Faith in Christ and his finished work is what gets us in right standing with God. And our faith in the finished work of Christ is what keeps us in right standing with God. It's all by His grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, several things I want to look at here. Anyone who even halfway understands the blessings and privileges that we now have as a result of our standing in Christ, there should be a constant rejoicing. We're spiritual beings, And only God can truly satisfy the hunger and thirst of the soul. When he's been given his rightful place within our hearts and lives, Peter said, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Secondly, let's take a look at the word hope. Hope as it is used here in this verse doesn't mean, well, maybe it'll happen or maybe not. Instead, hope is the state in which we're to glory. In other words, the future's guaranteed. God's going to do some great and mighty things according to his word. We know that it's going to happen. We just don't know when it's going to happen. That's the definition of hope in a biblical sense. The world out here has a totally different definition of hope. Well, I hope it happens, and I hope, you know, maybe that don't happen. But our hope is founded in the Word of God. We know it's going to happen. We just don't exactly know when. Uh, The next phrase there is the glory of God. We'll take a look at that. That pertains to us ultimately participating in the glory of heaven. And that is so far above and beyond anything that we see and know now. The Apostle Paul said, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even also as I am known. Our minds can't comprehend that which God has prepared for those that love him. Romans 5 verse 3. And not only... So, not only do we rejoice in the hope and glory of God, in other words, we hope in in the glory of being in heaven one day, but we glory in tribulations also. Now, there are some of those in Christianity today who say, well, once you get saved, uh, you'll never have any more problems. You know, it's going to be downhill with the wind at your back and... You know, all your financial troubles over with. Your hair will never turn gray. Your arthritis is going to go away. You'll never grow old. 
Come on, y'all, wake up. <laughs> How many of you know the Bible does not teach that? But we got a whole class of Christians out here today that believe that stuff and, and they teach it. The word tribulations in the Greek is thalipsis. It means a pressing, pressing together, pressure, oppression, affliction, distress, to be in straits. Right before the word tribulations is used, we have in the Greek what is known as the definite article. So in essence, it reads like this, but we glory in the tribulations also, these are tribulations that are specific and pertains to the Christian life. And as a Christian, you should expect tribulations. The Bible tells us in Psalms 34, verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. John chapter 16 and verse 33. John 16, verse 33. Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 14, Paul was in a certain city. He was stoned for preaching the gospel and had healed a man. And in Acts 14, verse 21, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Take a look at Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Second Thessalonians, chapter 1. Move down, if you will, to verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. All right, let's take a look at persecutions. Now, that's something that is... Uh, specific trial that we as Christians go through. We're to rejoice and glory in these things. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. This will be very familiar to you. Jesus said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Flip over to Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11. Move down, if you will, to verse 35. Hebrews 11, verse 35, Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. As a child of God, you're going to go through tribulations. You're going to go through persecutions. Matter of fact, the apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos. He was persecuted uh, for his testimony. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9, John said, I am also your brother and companion in tribulation. And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, I was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. As a Christian, we participate in the sufferings of Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, y'all thought y'all were going to come tonight and look at the screen. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Philippians 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, 
which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. So as a Christian, we're called to participate in the sufferings of Christ, being made conformable unto his death. First Peter chapter 4. This will be a familiar passage of Scripture to you as well. First Peter chapter 4. Pick it up with verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you might be glad also with exceeding joy. So we are to rejoice and glory in trials, tribulations, persecutions. And let me tell you this, in these last days, trials, persecutions, and tribulations are only going to increase before Christ comes. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. I know this is going to be a familiar passage of Scripture to you. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. Some of you are still looking for 2 Timothy 3 and 1. <laughs> I'll teach y'all to come and get too hooked on that screen up there. Look, I got every one of these scriptures wrote down and typed out. If you want a copy of it, let me know. I'll be glad to get you a copy of it. Matthew chapter 24 is where we're at. Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. All tribulations, trials, persecutions are to test our faith. 
So these people going around saying that once you get saved, you're not going to have any trials and tribulations. And if you're going through trials and tribulations, that's just, you know, um, your, your faith is just not up to where our faith is at. That's a bunch of baloney. Because I'm here to tell you, if you've got faith, you're going to have the trials, tribulations, and persecutions that come along with it. Faith has to be tested. And great faith has to be tested greatly. And the Apostle Paul said in Romans 5, in verse 3, getting back over there to what we were talking about. Romans 5, verse 3, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh or brings about patience. Patience means steadfastness, constancy, endurance. And it also has a reference to remaining under. In other words... Do we choose to remain under the trials and tribulations in order to learn the lessons that we need to learn? Or do we try to get out from under them to be relieved of the pressure? Tribulation brings about patience. And patience, verse 4 of Romans chapter 5, and patience brings about experience. That's the end result of the trial. What we've experienced shows us where we're at. Are we really what we say we are? Now, according to the Word of God as a Christian, there are certain characteristics, there are certain qualities, there are certain fruit that needs to be developed. It's all a part of our growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Do we have them? What are we lacking? To find out if we've got it or not, and to find out what we're lacking, we have to go through the trials. We have to go through the persecution. We have to go through these things. Our spiritual metal so to speak, has to be tested. Back years ago when I was doing construction work, we'd wire up houses and whatever the case, and in order to pass the inspection, the building had to be tested. The inspector wanted to see when you flipped that light on over there, would the light come on? Was the voltage right at certain receptacles that required 220? Was the 220 there or was it, was everything grounded like it's supposed to? So he'd go through there with his equipment and he'd plug in his testers and he'd go through and test everything uh, to see if everything was as it should be. And if there was something wrong, guess what? You had to go in there and figure out what the problem was and try to fix it. How do you know to fix something if you don't know it's broke? See, So God allows the, the, allows the trials and the persecution and things. It's not so much to show God anything. It's to show us 
Where are we lacking? What qualities are we lacking? What fruit is it that needs to be in our lives that's not there? And here's the thing that we have to realize in all of that. When God points it out through the experience that we've gone through, realize that we can't bring it about ourselves. Only God can work in us and bring out that which is of the Spirit. Only God can do it. So when God points it out to us, we just simply go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, you know this area of my life, and I need work here. I need your help here. And the Lord has promised us that he will help us in that. Romans 5, verse 4, patience brings about experience, and experience brings about hope. Again, hope here is not a wondering of if something is going to happen or not. It is a wondering of when it's going to happen. That's biblical hope. And in verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed. In other words, it's not a false hope. It's biblical hope. And when it's all said and done, and we stand before God one day, we'll not be ashamed, as the Bible says here. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. God loves us. He loved us so much that he sent his son into this world to die for us. And everything that we experience as a Christian, whether we think it's good or bad, it's ultimately for our good. God allows it. He allows that tribulation. He allows that persecution, that trial. He allows it. Because it's for our good. And everything is accomplished within our hearts and lives through and by the power of the Holy Spirit, which has been given unto us to help us. And the Holy Spirit will only work within our lives as we keep our faith anchored in the finished work of Christ. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.